Hi guys, thanks for tuning to this episode of the McKeegan Times. We have an awesome guest on this episode. We have Ben Sorensen. Ben is quirky, eccentric, bearded, media personality, voiceover guy, writer, music lover, presenter of stuff, and able, unable to leave tall buildings. Hi Ben, and thanks for coming on my podcast. Well, I'm pleased you mentioned the tall building thing because, you know, no matter how much I try, that's something that I can never, ever do. And I'll take the elevator and not the stairs. So, there you go. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here, Nick. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Um, how's it all going down there in Melbourne? Look, it's actually pretty good. Uh, we had the, uh, at time of recording, we had the Australian Open uh, that was sort of closed for a day, uh, courtesy of COVID, just in case. And everything seems to be opening up and doing okay. So that's really, really positive. We've got some, uh, our COVID numbers are really, really good down here. So I'm super happy with that uh, because so much of uh, Victoria, or so much of Melbourne rather, relies on hospitality and events and and things like that. So it's really wonderful to see that everyone's being super conscious, super safe, and trying really hard to make sure that we maintain the the vibrancy and the life of Melbourne City. Amazing. Um, all right, let's just jump straight into it for the listeners. Who is Ben Sons? Uh, well, you know, that's a, that's a really great question. And, you know, Ben doesn't always talk about Ben in the third person, but, um, <laughs> look, I think that for me, I'm just a, uh, I, I call myself a, like a, an Aspie guy wandering through the world trying to feed his brain. And that's pretty much all I do. So in the entertainment sense, uh, I love the mental challenge of being, uh, mentally nimble and uh, quick-witted stuff uh, and hosting a lot of shows and doing the comedy circuit and stuff like that. So I think that's that's one part of me. And the other part is also uh, looking at the entrepreneurial side of the entertainment industry, uh, producing and creating shows, doing the media and marketing consulting and working on the strategy side of things. So um, basically, it sounds like I do a lot, don't really. It's just full utilization of asset and trying to keep my brain uh, fed because it's super hungry for knowledge and experiences and things like that. So that's my what I have learned to keep myself um, from going stale. Basically, is to do multiple yeah. things. You know, and a lot of people do that. You know, they'll have a day job and then they may have a football team that they're part of, or they might have you know, a hobby or something or a passion of some sort outside of that. And that is designed to keep them nimble and to keep them mentally engaged and interested in things. So, you know, the the only de- the only difference with me is I've, I've chosen to soullessly profit from both sides of it. Good for you. Yeah, great insights. Um, tell me about growing up and your family life when you were younger. Uh, I was pretty lucky. Um, I grew up in a little country town called Debra, and it was known for its pineapples and cows. And I, I think that that sort of country upbringing was really helpful. Uh, I think it's great to be able to go, well, you know, I'm just going to get outside and run around the paddock for 10 hours, you know, really amazing. And, you know, to have uh, such a small town or a small community to be part of, they were um, 
Uh, it was challenging, but also very accepting at the same time. Um, and I really think that that helped form a lot of my core values uh, that I like that I still hold to today. So yeah, uh, growing up in a small town was was wonderful, and I recommend that uh, as many parents get their kids out there and running around in the dirt and you know hugging cows and doing all sorts of stuff. It was literally a, a, a an adventure away from a screen. Whereas now we all spend most of our time looking at a screen. Like we'll we have the you know um, medium sized internet uh, that we ditch for the tiny internet, which is our phone. And sometimes we'll have a total break and go to the big internet, which is the TV in the lounge room. So um, back then there was none of that. I mean, we watched a little bit of TV in the afternoon, but most of it was adventuring and telling about you know stories about what we'd found, or what we'd seen, or what we'd done. And, you know, that's that's something that even now when I'm in the concrete jungle of Melbourne City, I still think fondly of. And I still have my holidays in either a, a farming towns or in, you know, in the forest or something that connects me with nature because I think that's so important for that grounding. Yeah, for sure. Um, tell me about your passion. So obviously being a TV presenter um, and the media, obviously, is your passion. Tell me about that. Um, I love I love technology and I love how technology changes. And one of the great ways for me to embrace that and use that and show it off a bit is through um, TV or video. So uh, there's so many amazing gizmos and gadgets that you only have the opportunity or excuse to buy and use if you're doing media. And I love that. But I'm really passionate, not so much, uh, I mean, also about the technology, but more so about telling stories and having experiences. I mean, you started this podcast for a, for a similar reason, to uncover some of these really engaging and interesting stories that are out there in the world. And, you know, we share that passion, which I love. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what, that's what I enjoy most about uh, the video format. Uh, I mean, I, I love audio. I did a lot of work um, in just audio only, uh, but I think video provides such a such an additional layer or an additional depth uh, to being able to tell stories and really uh, immerse people in whatever you're doing. It's also a lot more. Exciting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> and you can visualize it too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It. Yeah. definitely. So yeah, um, video and TV. Definitely a passion. But, you know, having said that, in my time off, I really enjoy uh, musicals and I really enjoy going to the theatre and listening to some of the wonderful and creative musicians that we have in this country. And, you know, I adore travelling back in the dark ages when you could do that and seeing what different cultures are like, different languages. And I think there's such a, a, a depth to the human condition you know, it's worthy of that exploration, whether it be for work or simply for your own edification. Yeah, for sure. Have you done much uh, travelling internationally, domestically? Yes. Um, uh, domestically, I, I travel a heap, or, or I used to. This is all in the dark ages, pre-COVID. Um, I used to travel all, all over Australia, uh, although it seemed to focus on the East Coast, thanks to our 
centralized population doing uh, a whole heap of shows, uh, touring around with uh, Supernova, which is like the Australian Comic Con. Uh, and that was such a wonderful experience getting to, uh, you know, experience that in, in each capital city. Uh, it was, it's just really wonderful. And it looks like I'll be back doing that again this year too. So I'm very, very humbled and grateful to be able to do that and to travel with them. And overseas, um, you know, I, I like to head to Ireland, uh, the Republic of Ireland. I think it's just such beautiful countryside there and some lovely people and they get my sense of humour, which is kind of handy. And also Germany. Uh, I do a lot of time uh, down in the, the south of Germany, which is, again, lovely. They don't get my sense of humour at all, but they're very kind and we laugh lots anyway. Yeah, cool. Um, and what are you working on currently? So obviously, I know you mentioned earlier that you're doing some festivals. And Eating better, sleeping more consistently, <laughs> trying to look after my health. Um, no, I'm actually working on uh, a comedy festival venue, which I'm very excited about. Um, we're doing a, uh, it's a, it's only, a, look, thanks to COVID, it's a small venue. But we've got some really big personalities and some really big comedy there, which is just really exciting. So uh, we're putting that together and we'll be doing an announcement in, con in conjunction with the Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, in the next week or so. So keep an eye out on the socials and everything where we'll be blogging that. Uh, and also, uh, outside of my venue that I'm working on, uh, we're really fortunate here in Australia and also in Melbourne to have the world's second largest comedy festival just on our doorstep, just right there. And I was just really, really stoked about it every year when, you know, the world's best comedians just sort of descend on Melbourne. And it's um, such a, a wonderful melting pot of ideas and creativity and people that, you know, are just passionate about observing the human condition and talking about, um, you know, those different styles of comedy and different cultures and how we make each other laugh and, you know, what that does to us as a, as a culture and as a, as a, as a race of people. And I just find that really fascinating. So, uh, yes, so I'm doing that, the comedy festival thing, which is really great. Uh, I've, I'm doing some presenting work uh, at the Australian Open, which is exciting. So you can have a sticky beak at that. That'll be online somewhere as well. And, uh, yeah, doing some amazing work at the moment with a environmental organization called EcoForce Global. I'm very, very lucky to be working with them. So uh, their whole point uh, of being is to reduce the uh, carbon, atmospheric carbon levels through planting trees. And they have this amazing system where they actually guarantee the tree is going to live. And if it doesn't, they'll replace it to make sure that it actually does absorb all that carbon from the atmosphere. So um, I'm just really lucky to be working with some really great organisations and some wonderful festivals that align with some really good values. And when you have those organisations with great values, you tend to find really good people there as well, and I'm very fortunate to have done that. Excellent. Who, um, you've been voiceover before. What are the, some of the stuff you worked on doing that? Oh, um, I did, uh, I've done lots of stuff and, you know, a lot of times, 
when I'm when I'm out, someone will go, oh yeah, I remember that thing you did, and I'll go, I don't remember that. And part <laughs> and part of that is because when you're doing, uh, particularly with ads or shorter stuff, uh, the script comes in, you're in you're in the box and you read it, and then it goes, and you don't really think about it too much. You might read it a couple of times, but it's not, you know, super. Yeah stuck in your head like it is when you when it's on air and it's been playing not back to back annoyingly for six months or 12 months but um i'm really lucky to have done a whole heap of work in uh with music tours and and promotions and i really really love that work uh i did a whole heap of voiceovers for boney m when they came out to australia i did the 50th anniversary for the uh, the monkeys which i love and, uh, you know, the, look, I'm, I'm pleased you're sitting down. I can see because you've got a camera thing. I can see you sitting down. So this is, this is a big one. Peter Andre. Oh, nice. How was that? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> uh, I just had to pinch myself and I went, oh, dude, I peaked too early. Like total <laughs> highlight. Um, yeah. So I've done some stuff for, um, the Palace of Andre Rieu, which I thought was, uh, was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of music stuff. Um, uh, I'll do, you know, a few, um, uh, voice acty things, which I enjoy as well. There's, uh, a couple of, uh, kids educational resources, which I'm also really passionate about, uh, that you'll find me voicing, you know, an alligator here and there or a, or, or a train. Uh, I did the voice of Shane, the Australian train in some of the Thomas the Tank Engine stuff. Uh, or fan, Thomas the Tank Engine fan stuff. And I went, oh, that doesn't count. It's not real. And then I checked out the numbers and I went, there's actually a really huge following for that. And there's, that's one of the w wonderful things about the, doing the voiceover work is you're plugged into all of these great projects. And for me, I've just gone, I didn't even know half of this stuff existed. And then you, you read for it and you, check it out later and you go that's actually really good not so much my part but collectively yeah. the project is really great and it's really interesting so i found a whole heap of uh really amazing creatives out there that have been putting together some really high level stuff that i never ever would have known existed until they you know picked up the phone and said hey benny can you do this for me or you know do you want to have a crack at that and i go yeah all right fair enough so, yeah, voiceovers I really love, really, really love. And uh, they're one of the things that I can actually continue to do through lockdown, which made my life a little bit easier because I can yeah. still go to work. Exactly. Um, and you've been on MTV and TV. What are the, some of the stuff that I would recognise or we would recognise that you've done? Being on? Uh, most of the stuff that I've done is the uh, is basically just my voice. Um, I did, um, uh, I, I did Sharky's Friends, uh, which is a kids TV show on Channel 9. Uh, this was years ago. Uh, did some stuff. Um, I did a lot of stuff for 3RW and, and 4BC. Had some regular segments on there. Uh, did Breakfast Radio on the Sunshine Coast. Um, and, you know, lots of other bits and pieces. And I think that when we, when we look at some of those, um, those things it's it's such a, a great community to be part of uh when you're in a small town like brisbane which is where i started uh where you can just sort of 
hop across and do some radio and then do some TV, do some live events, and then do a whole heap of publishing. Uh, I did a heap of writing for uh, Life It Style magazine, Home magazine, and uh, Insight magazine as well. So, you know, it's one of those things where you go, how how can I communicate with an audience through many different ways and many different mediums? And that was that was one of the great things. And I've like like you said before, had some great opportunities to do some stuff on uh, some very very big networks. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Um, you, I read you interview Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah, I did, I did, and. That was such a wonderful experience. Um, yeah. As it was on her red tour when she came out to to Australia, and it was uh, it was just such a joy because I met her and uh, spent some time with her and her mum, uh, who was out for that. And you know, it was just really wonderful how open she was about uh, not only herself and her music, but also. Uh, her the, the business side of of her business as well of, of her music world, and yeah. um, one of the key takeaways that I had from that time was uh, that Taylor Swift is a very kind human uh, and also a very intelligent human as well, which is really wonderful. And she has a separate you know, she has a separation between herself. And Taylor Swift, the brand. So uh, when I in, in jest earlier said Ben doesn't always talk about Ben in the third person, when she's talking about herself, she'll talk about you know me, I, and when she's talking about Taylor Swift, the brand, she'll reference it in the third person to keep that separation, so you don't feel like you're constantly owned by the rest of the world. So you know there was that, and there was. Um, uh, you know, she was oh, her her mum was very talkative, and uh, they have a, a had a very big passion for horses and equestrian stuff. Um, so you know, we ended up talking about that for a little bit. But yeah, it was just a really wonderful experience. And obviously, uh, the theatrics of the Red Tour were just simply amazing. And even if we look at the consistency of Taylor Swift and her work. Jeez, dropping two albums in a year. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. And yeah. doing a lot of the other stuff. I feel I feel like there was that. Uh, I mean, we're, obviously uh, Taylor and I are very different, very different levels. But um, you know, I can you can see and you can understand the need to stay stimulated and to stay interested and to stay engaged. Uh, with the range of work and the range of quality work that Taylor's done, uh, excluding Cats the movie, because that was shit. <laughs> who's the most famous person you've probably ever interviewed, and who's your favourite? Oh, um, look, I really enjoyed... Uh, Taylor was wonderful. That was uh, such a whirlwind experience. There was... Uh, I remember in uh, Nashville, I was there for CMA, and I think I, I think at the time I was a finalist for International Broadcaster of the Year or something. Wow. Um, but there was a press conference. And do you know what? In Nashville, you know, in Australia, as media, you go to press conferences all the time and you go, oh, yeah, cool, I get it. This is what happens. Little Benny went to the States 
And I went, all right, let's do all of these press conference things. And I went, yeah, all right, fair enough. And CMO were really wonderful in you know, getting a media pass mark. It all happened and introducing me because New Country didn't know anyone and just Aussie guy with a big hat wandering around. And every press conference that I went, I actually wanted to go to more press conferences simply because every single one of them had a Dunkin' Donuts table. Wow. Every single one. So there was tea, coffee, water, bagels, bagels, uh, with four different types of cream cheese and a whole heap of these donuts. And I'm just going, I never want to leave. This is great. I don't think I bought a meal the time I, the whole time I was there. It's brilliant. So, um, the back, back to the question. So, uh, I was at, uh, LP Stadium. I think it's called LP Stadium in, um, uh, in Nashville, and it's one of their smaller stadiums by American standards, which is just giant by Australian standards. So, uh, you know, I deliberately went for a walk to the top, and I seriously understand why they call it the nosebleed section. So, in the in the belly of this stadium is where they held the press conference for the uh, just before the big CMA conference uh the CMA concert that they had in in there so anyway i'm sitting down here luke bryan comes in and you know he's chatting and i'm eating my donut going on oh, yeah this is a bit of a rock uh and then uh keith urban comes through and being the only australian in the room uh keith was answering questions from everyone and he picked up the australian accent and i had a wonderful conversation with him uh in the uh in the press conference there and i thought oh, yeah this is pretty cool uh, you know, I got to chat to Keith Urban. That's really great. He He's such a, a witty, great fella. Uh, sure. And that was just amazing. And I went, oh, this is really, couldn't top that. Absolutely couldn't top that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, polite, polite little me, it does happen sometimes, uh, got to chat, had a chat with one of the, uh, you know, organisers. I went, oh, look, I'd really love to watch the show. Um, is there, can I buy a ticket? Is there a seat for me? And she's looked at my pass and gone, I don't know what you're talking about. Just walk up there and check it out. So <laughs> here's me, stand, little, little Aussie Ben, standing side stage, watching, um, you know, all of these great performers on the, on the big stage there. And, you know, so I'm, I'm standing here, just had a chat with Keith Urban there, and I look across, and there's Nicole Kidman standing on the other side. Wow. And Lenny Kravitz on stage. And I'm just going, that's pretty awesome. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's those moments that you just go, it's not so much the interview, but it's just, I find when people are on show and, you know, and that's totally okay to do that. It's, this is who they are. But then in those quiet moments or those in-between moments, I think you see more more honesty about who they are you know so i mean that was wonderful um she was also uh again i i, I didn't talk to her i just saw her from afar not in a creepy way but just <laughs> other other side of the stage um and you know it was it was lovely although now that i'm talking about that another great experience um zach brown band who i met uh, while i was in the states came out to tour and they did some shows with jason Mraz ages ago at uh, the Sydney My Music Bowl down here. Great venue. Really, really awesome. And they were the support act. 
they play that is some cool stuff. Zach loves cooking, so he was cooking up. He's great food for everyone. Uh, and I thought, okay, so I've had a chat with Zach. All good. On stage, side of the stage again, going, oh, Jason Mraz is on there. I just have a sticky beat. Check it out, side stage. Again, really awesome performer, really great live show. And I'm there looking, just sort of bopping along, going, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Look at all those people out there. Look at what's happening here. And then I turn to the other side, and who should I see bopping along with me but Bruce Springsteen? Oh, wow. And I'm just going, holy crap. Yeah. You know, so... It's those those little moments that stick in my memory that I just go, I am so happy with those moments um, yeah. to have just those honest moments with uh, or shared by uh, some of those amazing humans. So, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, and also the, was... also the donuts. Yeah. I really like the donuts. <laughs> yeah, those moments will be like you never forget them and they really like, when you put it as your passion of what you do, they really help and just, you know, like it just makes you so much more happier and fun, I believe, anyway. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Oh, what other passions? I was going to say the other, the other exciting time was I did, I was uh, doing a corporate gig in Sydney and, uh, oh, you know, uh, Tony Abbott? Yeah, I know Tony. He's my local yeah. member in my area. Yeah, there he you was. go. He was. Tony out until until they you know snapped his misogynistic self up yeah. and took him to the homeland. Um, so uh, I, I was doing this corporate gig up there, and uh, it was actually Tony Abbott's sister was one of the event managers. So unbeknownst to me, we ended up having this amazing, wonderful conversation, and um, and I've gone, "Are you sure that you're related to Tony? Because you're a lovely person." <laughs> and really interesting to talk to and have some really logical, fact-based, progressive views. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. So, anyway, that was really cool. Uh, and incidentally, at that same function, uh, I was introducing and interviewing Malcolm Turnbull, who was then um, Minister for Communication, or as Tony Abbott said, the man who created the internet, which is totally inaccurate because he didn't. And even if he did, the NBN doesn't work well enough to be considered as... An achievement. Anyway, continue. <laughs> That's it. What are your hobbies and interests in your downtime? So obviously you got a busy schedule and you do a lot of other stuff. What what do you like to do just to relax and yeah? Um I okay. I have some guilty pleasures on Netflix and yeah. Amazon that I enjoy. So a lot of times what I'll do, I'll get brain dead from uh high energy work day and what I'll do is I'll sit down and I don't mind midsummer murders. Um, because it's it's weirdly comforting that they just bumble along in a little little town somewhere. Um, you know, I'm enjoying um uh the good place at the moment. I think uh, that inspires a lot of my extracurricular reading. Um, so definitely check it out. A, a lot of my ex extracurricular reading at the moment, courtesy of the good place, is all about philosophy and psychology as well and how the two sort of intertwine so i find that fascinating and i'll and i'll read um i, I do a fair bit of reading uh i like reading uh peer-reviewed journals to answer questions that i have so when we talk about um 
you know, anti-vaxxers and stuff like that out in the world. Like, oh, okay, cool. So I wonder what's in the vaccines or I wonder what the research is or, oh, everyone says this. So where's the research? Let me, let me actually read the actual research. So I really enjoy doing that and I find that I learn so much and it gives me so much more uh, respect for the scientific community. I'm not a scientist, but I really respect it and I'm just really interested in so much of the great research they're doing. Right. Yeah, well, that's a hobby. It doesn't sound like a hobby, but it's a hobby. No, and, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. Like, especially science, it's the way it's headed and it's progressive too. Oh, um, yeah, I can tell. Um, if you were 18 again and you could do things differently or you had your time over again, what would you do differently? Uh, honestly, I would try to dismantle and get rid of my ego as quickly as possible. Understand that happiness is not something that you find from a destination from outside yourself, but a destination within yourself. And learn that having a lot of money is really helpful. <laughs> so not for the reasons that we all think, but more so that money buys freedom in our society. You know, it's not that, it's not that I want to be successful or popular or flaunt it. It's just it buys freedom. Okay. So, um, you're tired. Okay. We'll just get an Uber home. Doesn't matter. You know, you want the upsize at Macca's? Not a big deal. You want to go to a store and you need new clothes? Cool. Just tap the card. Doesn't matter. You know, there's a lot of freedom and a lot of relaxation or, or, or less stress, rather, that comes from that because you go, I know that all my basic needs are covered. You know, and I think that rather, you, the old, they used to say, focus on what you love and the rest will happen. And I think that that concept I probably would have told myself when I was 18 probably needs to evolve a bit. But yes, that's important, but it's also important to make sure that you've got uh, your bread and butter covered. You know, you've got a roof over your head and you've got your passive income coming through and to work on that earlier because time is such a big factor when it comes to wealth, which is why we see a lot of intergenerational family wealth uh, that grows way more than what most of us could do in a lifetime. Not in a bad way, but just, you know, if I could tell my younger self that, it would be that. Have a healthy relationship with money and understand its its freedom and its power and how to acquire it ethically. Yeah, that's great insights and thanks for sharing. Um, Ben, thanks for joining my podcast. I do appreciate it. Uh, I wish you all the success with everything you're doing and in 2021. Thanks so much, mate, and thanks for creating a wonderful podcast where I can tell these stories and where, you know, you can create some really great content with a whole heap of other people. So, look, thank you.